across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Hey, Rockstar Nation. Listen, I am so excited because we put out this holiday special for Rebus University, and we have had an overwhelming response of new students to the Certified Listing Agent course. It has just been incredible. And I got some emails today uh, asking, hey, was it just a Cyber Monday thing? And the answer is, you know, what I decided to do, this is the new answer, is I'm going to just extend it. So I'm going to just let it roll for a little while in the holiday spirit. I'm not going to pull the plug on the 50% off. So if you want the CLA course, go ahead and get it. Until further notice, I'll let you know when we pull it. But uh, 50% off, you just just go to rebusuniversity.com. I changed the front page just so it's, you know, one price, 50% off. And then the Jeff Cohn course, everyone keeps asking me because, the, you know, they've heard of Jeff. Jeff's been on the show a couple of times, close to 700 units this year. This thing is is a lot of work. It's much more work than I anticipated. But we've put the finishing touches or my finishing touches on the final video. We've still got the editors to do it, their finishing touches. But there is over 80 videos for the certified team agent, 80 videos of all the people on his team and intimate one-on-one with me and Jeff talking about how he makes, you know, a million bucks net, where the money comes from, going through line items and downloads that we're including of, you know, forms that he uses, forms that his agents use, forms that his admin use, 80 videos. And that means there's going to be probably about the same amount of quizzes. So this is a high intensity course. Someone else sent me an email today and said, hey, is this for team leaders or is this for members of the team? And I said, first and foremost, it's for the team leaders, how to build an, an incredible bombastic team. But that being said, you can go to a section for instance, one of the sections, there's nine sections, one of the sections is called agents. And you go to that agent section and there's about 20 videos in the agent section and have your agents just watch those. You can have your admin just go into the admin section. There's about 10 videos there. And depending on what they are, they can just watch the listing agent, I mean, the listing admin or the pending admin or the sign runner or the whatever, the, the coach who coaches the agents. He has two incredible office managers and they have their own section in this course called management. So I'm answering this guy's question in a long way, but the answer is it's for everybody on the team really. But I think the person I get most out of it is obviously the person who wants to build a team or already has a team and just wants to make it better and more efficient. This is the course for that. So anyways, if you just go to rebusuniversity.com and you fill out a form with your information for Jeff's course, the certified listing agent, you will get a 50% coupon emailed to you. It is coming out in the next couple of weeks. I mean, it's got to be soon unless something really messes us up. So do it. Do it. Rebusuniversity.com. R-E-B-U-S University.com. Thanks, guys.
Okay, Rockstar Nation, man, we have a very special guest today, Mr. Larry Goins from Lake Wiley, South Carolina, and Larry has bought close to a thousand houses, yes, thousand houses, I would say he is what you would call an expert at buying houses, certainly selling houses as well. The majority of the houses he buys are through MLS and real estate agents. So he's not one of these guys you're going to hear say, hey, you know, I'm, I always do off-market deals and blah, 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 blah. He has developed systems to work through agents to buy houses, particularly HUD houses. He's written a bunch of books on how to buy HUD houses and done a lot of neat things and is doing a lot of thing, neat things. And we're going to talk today about basically how agents can take either all of their business or a portion of their business and work with investors. And by working with investors, you're more controlled of your schedule. It's more of a nine to fiver because they're more business people than they are emotional animals. And he's going to talk to us about all the stories he has of working with agents and the three types of investors and what to do, what not to do and everything in between. So Larry, welcome to Pat Hyben interviews, real estate rock stars. What's going on, buddy? How you been? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself there, Larry, so they can get to know you better. Oh, man, I'll be glad to. Well, uh, I am. I'm 55 years old. I live in Lake Wiley, South Carolina, which is just across the state line from Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been doing deals since the, for the last 30 years. I bought my very first house, okay? It was actually through a real estate agent. My very first house it was an FHA non-qualifying assumable loan, and and I just gave them enough money to pay the commission, and and basically the person just wanted out of the deal, and I took it over and I rented it out for three or four years, and then I seller financed it. I did a wraparound mortgage, and somebody else took over the FHA loan, and I did a wrap and got a little money down, and that was my very first deal right there. So uh, ever since then. I love real estate. I've been to all kinds of seminars. I don't just teach this stuff. I attend events as well. I'm always listening to books and audio books in the car and you know whenever I'm traveling, and I just love real estate. There's only two things about real estate that I hate, mm. but outside of that, I love real estate. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get to that at the end, I guess. So let's talk a little bit about some things that you love about real estate and that is working with agents number one so talk to me about the three types of investors that agents can work with and uh, how they should best serve any of these three type of investors right right well you know there's a lot of agents out there and you know agents almost it seems like they're either a listing agent or a buyer's agent and a lot of them they don't want to do they only want to do one or the other right but um, but yeah as an investor I mean I basically do several kind of things I mean I've done wholesaling retailing lease options uh, short sales I've done seller financing been a landlord all that good stuff but you got your you got your landlord investor okay this is a guy that's you know building up a portfolio of properties and they're basically looking to they're looking to build up, add to their portfolio. They don't mind doing a little bit of work. They might even get out there and do some of the work themselves, okay? So this is your and, buy and hold investor, your landlord investor. So how do you treat a landlord investor, let's call it, uh, differently? How would you, what, let, let's say, okay, I want to work with landlord investors. What, what advice do you got for me? Well, uh, a landlord investor is basically looking for the cash flow. They want a decent house in a decent area. 
okay? They don't want something that's going to be in the war zone. They want something in a decent area that they can get a pretty good cash flow on. Now, a lot of people would say, you know, a good cash flow is 1% per month of whatever they have in yeah, it. Yeah, the 1% know? rule. Yeah, well, certainly that's that's kind of how I've done everything. Exactly, exactly. I, I personally try to try to get that up to 2 or 3% per month, but you know, I'll buy a little rougher properties than some people, but well, see, that's, that's the thing. I mean, that's the real reality of it. You said you kind of made a contradiction there, not on purpose, but you know, a lot of times to get beyond the 1% or for someone to get to the 1%, you got to go to the ghetto. Now, you know, how realistic is it that you're going to get beyond 1% without getting to the ghetto? Well, it really just depends. I mean, I, I make a lot of offers and yes, I do make low offers. And there's some agents out there, a few, very few, but there are a few out there that's like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't, you know, and that's okay. That's a, that's totally okay. But they know whenever we get a deal, I'm a cash buyer. I can close quick. I'm not going to hem haul around and I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. Whenever we get a deal, we're ready to close on it. And once we close one, man, the agents love working with me. They're like, this is the easiest deal I ever closed with an investor. So, yes, I do make low offers on deals. And there's some deals I can pay. I can pay, you know, 70, 80, 90%. I bought a house last month. I paid 103% of list price. Now, in our market, you know, I'm, I'm all over the Carolinas and Georgia, you know, that's 103% of lists, some people might be saying, hey, I'm in a hot market and everybody pays over list, you know, but that's not true with me. You know, we, we have bought houses at 50, 40, 30, even 20% of list price. But, but having said that, how? I do buy a lot of houses. Tell us, tell us how to do it. Yeah. Well, I bought a lot of HUD houses. I bought a lot of REO houses. And, and quite frankly, you know, I, I don't buy in the big MSAs, Pat. I, I stay away from the big cities. Like, I live right near Charlotte. I don't think I've bought a house in Charlotte in the last three or four years. Most of my houses are in the small town USA. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're in South Carolina now. You know, Florence, you know, Sumter, you know, outside of Columbia, you know, some small areas outside there. And all over North Carolina and Georgia. I just bought a house in Albany, Georgia, Last month, I paid twenty-one thousand dollars for it. It's Sixteen hundred square foot. It's got stainless appliances in it, and it's move-in ready. I did nothing to it, and I uh, and I put a lease option tenant in there, paying six fifty a month. All right. So they, basically, you're out there. You're telling agents, "Here's how I roll." If you got something that's a good deal. And, and people listening are going to be like, yeah, well, isn't every investor in the world telling these agents the same thing? And won't the agent just say, well, if there's, if I see a deal like that, I'm going to buy it myself. Well, here's the thing. And, and I want agents to understand this because a lot of people ask me, wow, where did you get that deal? My very standard, absolute first response is when I found it, it wasn't a deal. I created a deal out of it. You won't believe Pat, how many offers I've sent to agents that didn't know me from Adam. And they said, oh my gosh, I don't want to submit that bid. You know, there's no way. And then they come back and say, I can't believe they took it. I can't believe. And I just put money in their pocket that they were willing to say. I mean, don't get me wrong. I never force an agent. I'm not going to say, well, you're required by law to submit any bid. No, I don't do that. 
I try to make a friend with them. I don't want them mad at me. That's the reason so many agents love me. (laughs) Okay, so so give us some meat and potatoes here, Larry. What would you say are some of the top ways that you're able to create a deal, so to speak? Like, how are you doing this other than just cutting the price in half? Okay. All right. First of all, I typically don't now. There's exceptions to every rule, and we all know this, okay? But typically, a house that I'm going to buy... It's a house that's been on the market for 60, 70 days, maybe even 90 days. Maybe it's been dropped. The price has been dropped a time or two. I only, only, only make offers on houses that are vacant, uh, which for the most part, those are bank-owned properties. If I see furniture in a house, I, I just I don't want to have to deal with the homeowner, their move-in, you know, and all that stuff, and, and I just don't want to deal with that. So I only make offers on vacant houses that have been on the market for 60 plus days. Maybe it's been dropped a time or two. It's in a smaller bedroom community outside of a big MSA, and they haven't had a whole lot of traction on the house. And there's not a lot of competition for other investors. So yeah, it might have started out at 89.9. They dropped it to to 79.9. They dropped it to 69.9. And I come in and offer 40. They're going to counter back at 65. We end up picking it up at 45 or so. And, and and then I can go out and sell or finance it or lease option it or even maybe wholesale it to another investor that wants to do a fix and flip. Okay. And is that that's your typical model then, right? So well, it's, it's more about looking in areas where other people aren't looking rather than, rather than coming up with creative ways from the jump that uh, people are going to take. It's like fishing. You know, listen, I want to tell you something. I've wholesaled a lot of properties, and I know a lot of realtors, they don't really care for wholesaling because a lot of people are trying to get in the business that are broke, and I get that, and I understand that they don't want to waste your time, but Pat, I have sold houses to agents, to agents, where I got it under contract, and then an agent bought it from me, and they're like, how in the world, this house is listed for $69.9, how in the world can you sell it to me for $50? I'm like, do you want it or not? (laughs) <laughs> but but I've done that with HUD houses even. They're like, how did you get this house so cheap? It's because I made an offer and nobody else did. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, and I guess you just don't know, right? You just don't you know until you make Like how many it, offers do you make? Like are you making now? Like how many offers? What, what's your day look like? What's your month look like as far as offers? Well, probably a couple hundred a week, but a lot of those are HUD houses. What? So- back up, back to train up. What? Yeah, a couple of hundred offers a week. How do you do that? Yeah, well, a lot of them are HUD houses. Don't get me wrong. I don't have agents out there submitting, you know, 20 or 30, you know, uh, written offers a day. No, I don't do that. But I make a lot of offers on HUD houses. We submit bids every day on HUD houses, on all the HUD houses in North and South Carolina. And we also, you know, we we have our search criteria that we're looking for. And then what we do is when we see a property on Realtor.com or Zillow.com, we'll call up the listing agent, ask them a few questions about it, build a rapport with them, and then what we'll do is we'll submit an offer. We'll submit an offer with them and ask them, you know, hey, this is a bank-owned property, so let me ask you a question. The agents that we work with, they typically have the kind of relationship with their asset manager where they can just shoot them an email or give them a quick call and say, we got a cash buyer in this range. Do you want us to put it on paper? Because quite frankly, I don't want to waste your time as an agent. And I know nobody gets paid until the deal closes. Now, do you have a standard email that you send out that you kind of cut and paste? 
and we, just fill in a number? N- not really. I personally like to get on the phone with the agent first because if it's just an email – and if it's an email and there's a house listed for sixty nine nine, and I'm sending them an email, hey, I'd like to offer forty thousand on this. That you know, it's spam to them. Okay, it's and I want the agent to know I'm a real person. I'm a cash buyer, and I'm ready to go. And I'm typically ready to close before the bank is. And once they work with me, they're going to want to do more deals because even though I'm making low offers. I'm easy to work with, and I love investing. I love real estate, and I love working with agents, and they love working with me. Hmm. Okay. And and so originally we were talking about the three types of investors. You got the landlord investor, you got which is the buy and hold, looking for cash flow, looking for somewhere between 1% to 3%, which again, we've, we've mentioned this on the show before, but basically if you buy for 100 grand, you want to get 1,000 a month rent, right? right? That's it, 1,000 a month rent. Uh, which is 1% of the total cost of the house or more, you know, or up to 3000, which would be 3%. So that's, Correct. that's what they're looking for. And if you're, if you're an agent and you're working with a, a seller, uh, I mean, a buyer, it's great to say, you know, is it safe to assume, assume that you're looking for the 1% rule or better? Because if the, if your investor doesn't know what they're looking for, they're probably not a serious investor. Any buy and hold investor is looking for a certain return or else they're not going to buy the house. So having that intelligent conversation with them up front is smart. And That's exactly right. In fact, the agent can say when they're on the phone with an investor for the first time, they can say, what's your formula or what's your model? What are you looking for? So let me see if I can help you find it. There you go. Exactly. Write that down. What's your formula? What formula do you use? And they might say, well, you know, and, and it could be cash on cash. It could be cap rate, all of which we've discussed before in the show. And uh, you could easily, you know, Google whatever they say, just write it down and you can Google it and figure out what they're talking about. But like if they say they want to buy a property, fix it up, refinance it. Okay. Get their money back and then rent it out. Then, you know, they're going to have to have a property that has a value high enough to where they can go get mm. a loan because most bank lenders have a minimum loan amount of at least 50000 So you can't be selling them a twenty or thirty or $40,000 house and think they're going to go get you know, a twenty or $30,000 loan because a lot of lenders have a minimum loan amount of yeah. at least 50, the, in some 70000 50, 50, So you're going to have to yeah. look at higher price properties. Right, right. Okay, and then we got wholesalers, which as agents we probably don't want to necessarily deal with. And uh, explain what a wholesaler is. Well, a wholesaler is basically in that scenario we talked about a minute ago. It was list for eighty nine. They dropped it to seventy nine. They dropped it to sixty nine. That's another thing I like about the bank owned properties. If it doesn't sell in thirty or forty five days, they're typically going to drop the price every thirty to forty five days. And I've never met a bank that decided they were going to keep one. They're going to sell it, okay? They're going to sell it. And if they don't get a lot of activity on it, then they're going to get rid of it, okay? So that's the reason that I like working with the bank-owned properties. What was the question again? I already forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Wholesalers, wholesalers. Oh, good. And that's one of the questions as an agent. You want to ask the investor, you know, not only what is your model, but what are you doing? You know, and, and and quite frankly, I would ask them, you're not trying to wholesale this, are you? Or are you trying to wholesale this property? Okay. Because the problem is there's a lot of people out there that are teaching people how to get into real estate with no money, no cash, no credit, no experience. They think they can just get a property under contract and assign it. And yes, you can do that. 
But I will tell you, like with us, even if I realize at the end that, you know, man, I'm not going to make much money on this deal. I should just back out and lose my $500 deposit. You know, I might be able to sell it and break even. I am going to go ahead and close on that deal because to me, the relationship with the agent is more important than a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars I might lose on this deal or might not make on this deal. So ask them, hey, how many deals do you do a month? What are you doing? You know, how many deals did you do last year? What's your market? Where, you know, that sort of thing. And find out and make sure that they know what they're doing, that they're real buyers. And if they try to send you like a proof of funds or something, ask for a bank statement. Mm. Um, and that's what I tell agents when, when agents, remember everybody's in sales. Okay. Everybody's in sales. I'm trying to tell the agent what they're wanting, wanting to hear. And they're trying to tell me what I want to hear. Like when an agent says, Hey, I'll be glad to submit an offer to you, but I'm going to need a proof of funds letter. My typical response is, would it be okay if I just sent you a copy of banks of a bank statement showing that I could buy about 18 or 20 of these? <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course. And if they're a real investor, they're not going to have any problem showing that they're money. You know, if you're getting ref uh, if you're getting re some static on that, if they're resisting that, you may want to question whether they're serious or not because any exactly. anybody's going to anybody's going to ask for that, especially if they're saying they're going to pay cash. Um, exactly. And also pay attention to the seminars coming through town cuz you know, usually on Monday morning after the seminars came to town, Agents get a lot of calls about fixer-upper properties from broke people. <laughs> Man, everybody wants to be a real estate investor, especially nowadays. And, and, <laughs> and very few will actually pull the trigger, And generally, unless they've got a proven track record and have pulled the trigger before. So I think That's one of the okay. questions to ask is, you know, like, how many houses have you bought or do you own, you know, to, to see if they have a track record? Right. That's exactly yeah. right. In fact, I get calls all the time from people asking to get on my list about properties, you know, and, and, it, and I can always tell who it is. You know, I represent an organization and we're a group of investors that are buying these type of properties and we're looking for this and this and this and this, you know, and I'll just play along. But I'll say, well, great. Let me ask you a question. How many houses did you buy last month? And usually it's something like, well, I just joined the group and we're just started <laughs> yeah. and we're just, you know, something they, like yeah, that. They, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what it was is they met three other broke people at a seminar and now they're all real estate investors. <laughs> yeah. It's an ego bomb, that's for sure. You know what I mean? It sounds good. What do you do? I'm a real estate investor, you know? I mean, exactly. So, exactly. Fascinating. So bottom line is wholesale is, you know, when they're buying it for one price and then flipping it be, or, or transferring the contract before they even have to settle on it before they even have to sign for anything other than a contract and a $500 deposit they're flipping it to somebody else and making money on that flip so usually from one investor to the next investor generally as real estate agents we're not going to have to deal with wholesalers because a wholesaler would never buy anything through the MLS they would buy something prior to the MLS and then flip it to somebody who would then buy it and then MLS it. Well, um, I actually buy a lot of my wholesale deals through the MLS, but I'm a little different in the sense a lot of investors, especially broke investors starting out, they want to deal with individuals because they can get an assignable contract. Well, agents or banks do not want you to assign a contract. So even though I'm a wholesaler, 
I might I might pick up this property for forty thousand. I'm going to wholesale it to another investor for fifty. They're going to put twenty in work in it, and it's going to be worth a hundred. So they're in it at seventy yeah, percent, which is a good why, deal for them. Why wouldn't they have but, bought it at forty if it's well, an MLS and it's public information? Well, they could have lived a prosperous life and died and never made the offer that I made and got it at a deep discount. That's why agents have bought houses for me as well. I've sold agents or houses to agents that were landlords, and I've sold houses to agents that were fix and flip investors. And they're like, this house is on the MLS. How, how is it on the MLS for 70000 and you're able to sell it to me for fifty? <laughs> because they didn't make the offer, and I did. Okay. Wow. And then the, the last type of investors, obviously, the ones that we see on TV on about 20 different stations right now, and that's the, the property flipper. And so right. what do, what do you think the best way? To, what'd you say? Where they buy, fix up and sell a house in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> yeah. So how should us as agents deal with flippers? Like what's a good way to deal with flippers that uh, to develop relationships with flippers uh, to ask them the right questions from the beginning? Well, I think the very first thing to do is, is know what is a deal, okay? Know what is a deal. I mean, a fix and flip deal is pretty easy to calculate. You only need to really know two things. You need to know the ARV, which is the after repaired value, mm. and then you need to know the amount of repairs. Once you know after repaired value and the amount of repairs, the rest is just math. For example, if like like... I don't want to, if I'm a wholesaler, I don't want to sell a house to a fix and flip investor where they're going to be in it any more than 70% of the after repaired value after everything. Now, some markets, if you're in a very expensive market, you know, you can go much higher than that, 75, 80%, maybe even more. Okay. But for example, if, if I'm selling a house that has an ARV of 70 or excuse me, a hundred, I don't want my investor to be in it any more than 70. So I'm going to take 100 times 0.7, that's 70,000 minus the repairs. Let's say that's 20. And I've got to sell that house for 50,000. You've got to buy that. Oh, okay. you got to sell it to him it. for 50. Right. i got to sell it. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's keep this simple so people can understand this. Basically, what he's saying is let's just say you're buying it, right? You're a fix. A fix and flip investor calls you and says, I'm a fix and flip investor. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to settle on it. I'm not going to sign it like a wholesale. I'm going to settle on it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to fix it up. Then I'm going to put it back in the MLS with you. So you have an opportunity as an agent to make two commissions, once, one now and one in six months or three months or whenever it's sold, whenever That's we put it back exactly on the market right. again. And what they're looking for, just so you know, you can ask them on the phone, what percent of ARV are you looking to buy? And again, ARV is after repair value. So if the house is listed for 50 and the investor in his mind thinks is he can get 100 for it. He's going to tell you what percent of after repair value is he going to you know, buy? Is, is he going to want to buy the properties at? So including repairs, including repairs. Right. So, right. so you take, you take what he thinks he could sell it for, what you think he could sell it for. If you're a really good agent, then you figure this out for him or her. Right. And they say, oh, I get a hundred. I think I can get a hundred for this house and it's listed at 75. So I take a hundred thousand, right? I take right. 70% of that. If he, if his answer is 70, right. If his answer is 70%, which is 70,000, but then I got to subtract out what it's going to cost to fix up. So, right. so I subtract out 20 for repairs, let's say, and that gives me 50. So, you know, going in that 
if you find a house that he can get for 50 that flipping time you can sell for a hundred then you go bring it to him and say him or her and say here i got one here for you it's a 70 percent of arv deal uh i think you should buy it not only that but once you get that relationship going with an investor you can go out there and start finding those properties and you know the formula and you're making offers for that investor every day if you want to. You could even hire yourself an assistant or the investor might even pay for that assistant to sit there and make offers on properties that meet that formula through you as their buyer's agent. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and the more you understand this and the more you know this, I mean, if a savvy investor actually calls you and you get a fish on the hook that's not somebody that's broke that just went to a seminar and you're speaking the language of ARV, you're speaking the language of cash on cash, you're speaking the language of wholesaling, things that we talked about in a short time here, right. they're going to they're gonna want to work with you. But if you're like, if, if you're asking them what color house do they want to buy, you're going to lose them right away. Exactly. You're exactly right. I've been on calls with agents before, and this has happened many times over the years, where at the end of the call, agents are wanting to buy houses from me. And and it's just because <laughs> they, they don't understand, you know, hey, Larry, can I get on your buyer's list, you know? <laughs> but I mean, it's a lot of fun. I do. I do love it. I love the negotiating part. I love the building rapport and creating that long-term relationship. It's not all about that one transaction, okay? In fact, that's one of the things I tell our students that get involved in our training and our books and stuff like that is, you know, when you find somebody you want to work with, make sure they're relationship-driven and not transaction-driven. I think that's very important personally. Mm, Relationship-driven and not transaction-driven. Right, because then you can get a relationship with them and sell them, uh, you know, 10 houses or 100 houses. Exactly, exactly. So you have agents, these hundred offers, are you making them all through the listing agent or do you have an, a buyer agent on your end that's helping you submit all these? I have a buyer's agent for my HUD houses, but when I go out and I look at a property, okay, online, because we don't physically go out and drive and look at it, but when we when we find a property online, we physically, we, we pick up the phone and call the agent talk to them, ask them about the property. How's the market there? You know, uh, do you get many listings like this is another thing, you know, and, and if they say, Oh yeah, I get listings like this all the time. Great. I bet we can do a lot of business together and make a lot of money together. Have you had many offers on this house? Uh, how long has it been on the market? And I know how long it's been on the market cause I see it, but sometimes <laughs> yeah. you get different answers. Yeah. You know, you just don't right, know. Right, right, right. <laughs> Tell me how you work with this buyer agent, because I think people listening, I like to have that job. So how does a buyer agent work with you only on HUD houses? And tell me what they do so that people listening in other states can be like, oh, I could do that. Why don't I make that same offer to an investor in my town? I'll be your buyer agent for HUD houses. Tell me how it works. Well, well, the beautiful thing about HUD is HUD is a daily auction. And, uh, and most realtors know this. Some may not. But HUD is a daily auction. And all bids are submitted by an agent with an NAID number that's licensed in the state where the property is. And NAID just stands for National Identifier. Any licensed agent or broker in a state can get an NAID number. It takes about two weeks to get it, I believe it is. But I have a buyer's agent, and she has an assistant. It's it's a non-licensed administrative assistant. All she does is sit there and enter bids for about three hours a day. 
That's all she does. So and she's entering bids, and you ha- you don't know anything about these, right? Oh, we, we've we've analyzed every one of them. I I can look at any deal and analyze a deal in about five to seven minutes. And I've got I've actually got. So you a, you go of, online and and look at all the deals and and, and tell her. Give her a list. This one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Well, what we do is we, and this is in my HUD book, we have a little spreadsheet that we keep track of it, and we put them all on Google Google Docs. And we have this spreadsheet, and we export the HUD list every day. And we put the HUD list in that spreadsheet, and then we analyze the deal. We figure, we pull comps, we pull rent comps, we look at the pictures. Now, we're not calling the agents at this point, okay? But we're, we're analyzing it. And we put an ARV number on it, and we guesstimate at the amount of repairs. We run our numbers, and then we put a number in that box of our maximum bid. And then in, uh, in the afternoon, Mer- Mercy comes in, Mercedes. She comes in, and she sits there for about three hours, and she just goes down the spreadsheet from the spreadsheet to HUD Home Store, from the spreadsheet to HUD Home Store. She even has a form filler software, you know, kind of like RoboForm or something, that she can go to the bid page, she can she can fill the form, and it fills every field except for two, two fields. I mean, it fills the fills the buyer's agent name, the buyer's name, my tax ID number, the agent's license number, the NAID number, and all that. There's only two things it doesn't fill, and that's the and that is the case ID number of the property and the bid amount. Hmm. So what she does is she fills the form. It fills out all those fields. Then she goes over the spreadsheet. She copies the case ID, which all HUD houses are identified by a case number. And then she copies the bid amount, fills it in. She clicks submit. She hits the back button. She refills the form. She goes to the next next column, and she hits the case ID and the uh, and the bid amount. And it takes her about three hours to submit, you know, whatever it is, 50, 100 properties, Whatever, it's pretty quick. Wow, wow, fascinating. So and so, it can be done. And you're just buying. And how far away are you going for for these HUD properties? I mean, you're buying a lot of them. You got to expand pretty far, huh? Yeah, we got about 21 deals on the board right now in our pipeline. But uh, I've done deals in 12 different states, right from my office in Lake Wiley. But I concentrate and focus and bid on every day just in the Carolinas. Now, when we're looking for other properties, we get caught up on everything we've, that we've saved and searched and, and we want to expand. Then we'll bid on HUD houses in other states. But we primarily focus on the Carolinas and Georgia. Amazing. Amazing. This is great. This is good stuff. And and so what Larry's uh, offered to do, guys, for listeners of uh, Pat Hyben Interviews, Real Estate Rockstars, he's offered to give a free book away, you know, half off on HUD Homes, meaning you you get it for free. And the book is called, tell, tell, tell me about it, Larry. Yeah, the book is called HUD Homes Half Off, and it's available wherever books are sold. However, if, uh, you know, what, we, what we've decided to do is, is let your listeners yeah, your loyal listeners get a free copy of the book, and yeah, I think I think you said we could put the put the link yeah. in the show notes or yeah, something. Yeah, I'll put it on hybendigital.com backslash Larry Goins, and that's G O I N S. Okay, 
hybendigital.com backslash Larry Goins. Everything that we talked about today will be there. All of Larry's information, if you want to reach out to him, will be there. Access to the free book will be there. HUD Homes, half off. It's an incredible model. I love it. Uh, I love that you're doing it fast and furious. And I I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and coming on this show and uh, telling everybody uh, we covered a lot. And I think it'll be very helpful. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it and uh, hope everybody got a lot out of it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.